cliffcentral.com Be accountable is a progressive pathway to accounting excellence. And if you've been paying attention over the last few weeks, you'll know that we've been talking about the accounting profession and maintaining ethics in a profession like accounting is essential. And that is why uh, it is one of the key aspects that Psyche is committed to. Now, to discuss exactly how Psyche does this is Mandy Ulafid. She is a CASA and Psyche's Senior Executive for Professional Development in our next edition of Be Accountable. So, Mandy, first of all, um, how have you been during lockdown? Have you have you managed to make it through with your with your intelligence and intellect and sense of humor intact? Uh, I'm I'm still alive, Gareth. Thank you. <laughs> so, first things first. Why is there a need to reinvent the chartered accountants of the future? I mean, I'm really interested in the the basic outline of of what you call CA 2025. And the importance of that. So, tell me about about that and about ethics and what the the accounting profession will look like in the future, according to you and Saika. Thanks, Gareth. I think you know to start off with um, the project we're working on, the CA twenty twenty five project, is something we've been working on for um, a number of years, um, and. You know, one makes changes and the accounting profession is, is known for continuing to evolve. Let's put it that way. But there comes time in the kind of life cycle when we relook everything. And that's what the CA 2025 project um, is all about, relooking everything around, um, how chartered accountants qualify. Um, and, and the, the priority there is therefore which competencies they need to have. And a competency would encompass knowledge, Skills, values, and attitudes, and I guess that's where the the, the ethics comes in. Um, but in looking at you know accountants of the future, mm-hmm. um, need to make sure we remain relevant. And if we want to remain relevant, we need to make sure we deliver people to the market with the right competencies. And those people need to be able to deal with. And I think there's sort of four key uh, drivers of the change. The first is the the world we live in. We live in a a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. We need to deliver people who can can work under those circumstances. You know, it's not just straightforward, straight line anymore. There's complexity and, you know, factors uh, integrate with each other. So you have to be able to, to, to work in that kind of environment. The second uh, is, is volume. So accountants are very well known for their technical skills, and that is driven um, to a large extent by accounting standards, auditing standards, tax legislation, and the volume has just increased. One starts to realize over time that you cannot know everything. It's impossible. Sure. Um, and so what we need to do, and, and I guess where we have perhaps gone wrong over, over the last, you know, sort of 10 years, is we kept adding volume without thinking of the context in which that technical knowledge needed to be applied. I'm getting to the ethics. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> what that it, that ends up doing, if there's so much volume and so much focus on the technical, it takes away your focus from development of skill and development of professional values and attitudes. Um, so that would be the second thing. The third thing is obviously the uh, fourth industrial revolution. And technology and the impact that technology has on the way we work in business. Mm-hmm. Another thing, um, as uh, is uh, pertinent to today's discussion in particular, is the concept of, and I'll use the term ethics, but in actual fact, um, in our new framework, we refer to ethics 
and citizenship. Mm. Um, and so those drivers led us to redefining what the competencies of a chartered accountant should be. And in doing that, we came up with three types of competencies. The first is the professional values and attitudes. And here we talk about personal ethics, business ethics, and professional ethics. This is a big shift for us because in the past, our focus in developing CAs was largely on what we would call professional ethics. Now, professional ethics resides in, um, as you know, accountants have a code of professional conduct. That would be the professional ethics. But in order to understand how that is applied, one needs to understand things like personal values, how personal values are formed and shaped, how your decision-making process around when you're dealing with ethical dilemmas, you know, needs to happen. Um, and that was kind of, if you want, missing. So accountants would be very good, for example, at telling you what's in the code of conduct from a knowledge perspective. Mm-hmm. But fail to do sufficiently is to make sure we're shaping their attitude towards ethics and ethical dilemmas, as well as their professional behavior. Um, and subject takes us to that place where in going forward, we are trying to develop responsible leaders who behave ethically. Um, and by doing that, they are looking at creating sustainable value in organizations for a much broader range of stakeholders. And the way I explain it to the academics is when I qualified, the focus was on maximizing shareholder value, whereas the shift we're making in our project is to creating sustainable value for a broad range of stakeholders. And that's where the citizenship and the ethics really plays, you know, quite a significant I, I'm role. always, I'm blown away by how much the professional sector in South Africa has to do in order to bring people up to speed with just being decent ethical people. It shows you what a disaster um, so many people are by the time they finish with school and university, if they haven't been shown the right way to behave, the right way to figure things out. And it, it's, it's really, it's a, a terrible and, and, and dire forecast for what South Africa might have looked like if people like Saika, if the organization of, of the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants hadn't decided this was worth doing. And we can see this in our political class. There's just absolutely no idea. The word ethics is something which I doubt any of them ever, ever have even looked up. So it's really encouraging because, as we both know, and as many other people who will be listening to this know, we are a country and a world that's beset by a lot of people who are patently dishonest and greedy and really, in accounting, we cannot afford to have that, right? Absolutely. You're 100% right. And one of the things we're doing when we talk about ethics is we're also starting to talk to universities about making sure the ethical decision-making processes are actually to be covered by all students. This shouldn't be discovered by accountants. The things we're talking about is, you know, dealing with an ethical dilemma mm. should be what is developed in all students. This shouldn't just be specific to accounting students. Of course, we have and hold ourselves to a higher standard, which is why we have a code of professional conduct. But everybody should have some basic understanding um, of dealing with uh, ethical dilemmas. 
All right, so let's turn our attention to the nitty-gritty around this because we can talk about ethics in a very general sense, but one of the key things that you've spoken about here is how Psyker's CA2025 project is working to develop this during an aspiring CA's qualification journey. So at what point does that kick in? Is it is it a consistent part of everything that goes goes on in their training? How exactly do you guys monitor that? So there are three key components to qualifying as a chartered accountant. There's um, what we call the academic program, um, and so that's the degree and the postgraduate degree. So there, there's a, a university and, if you want, theoretical side to, to it. The second component would be the practical experience, and that is um, done then through a requirement that every prospective chartered accountant um, has been through under prop, you know, under supervision, um, this practical experience period. We call that the training contract. And then the third element is we have professional assessments. So, you know, the co- component of developing and assessing is covered on all three, at all three of those stages across the qualification process. In the academic program, as I mentioned earlier, the focus to date has been on the technical knowledge rather than developing um, the cognitive and behavioral skills. So that is our shift in terms of going forward. Um, in an academic program, we would expect there to be a, what we call a standalone ethics course where you learn some of the basic theories. But in order to make it real to the student, it has to be integrated into our core, what we call our core disciplines. So at the moment, that's accounting, tax, auditing, and and financial management. So the objective going forward would be to make sure students don't only know and are able to recite the code of professional conduct, but when they're behaving, they're able to, to behave more Now, that is, um, if you want, solidified or further um, embedded through the practical experience component. So then then that is taken then on the job. How do you, because you can imagine learning something in a theoretical environment works, does become, um, you know, difficult to understand. So those two components to work together. We do also require during the training program that there is, um, again, a separate ethics training course done. Um, and again, it's to remind people of what they did in the academic program and how they then should be applying this in the workplace. And then, of course, through our professional assessments. And again, it's difficult to assess our professional assessments are written. So, you know, when you ask someone on a piece of paper what the right thing to do is, um, they're invariably going to give you the right answer. So, you know, we do assess ethics. We do most often get the right answers, but that doesn't necessarily mean people are going to behave ethically. And that's where we shift to through both the changes to academic program and training program. And one of the big things we're going to focus on going forward is working with the people who develop uh, the competencies. So, in fact, this Interviews is time is we ran a fantastic workshop with academics uh, last week, a two day workshop. Mm-hmm. We were actually um, making sure everyone had a common understanding and vocabulary, I think is the right word we use around ethics so that when they are teaching it um, in their programs um, across courses, you know, the same message is, is coming out and that there's a focus not only on knowledge, but on developing the behavioral side of, of ethics as well. 
That sounds terrific. So while we're talking about ethics, for many people, this is a very it's a difficult concept to completely understand because it involves elements of psychology, elements of behavior, it involves elements of being true to your word. It also involves a lot of technical knowledge because in accounting, you know, you if you're cooking the books, so to speak, then it requires a little bit of malice of forethought there and, and your ability to manipulate things. But why do you think, in your own words, and for people who have no idea, if we started right at the very beginning and we said, why is it important to develop ethics as a key competency before an accountant qualifies? What would you say to a person who asked that if they had no understanding of why it mattered? I'm going to answer indirectly. <laughs> and, you know, again, this is something we specifically covered in our ethics workshop. And the question is, why do good people do bad things? Um, and that is why you need to teach ethics, and I'm using the word ethics, you're not teaching them ethics. You're facilitating a process of thinking at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, the stats show that in any sort of organization, 10% of the people are absolutely good. So good people who do good things. 10% of the people are bad people who do bad things. And then 80% of people are good people who do either good or bad things. Mm -hmm. And what one wants through the development, you know, of, of or facilitation of ethics programs is to make sure that good people that are sitting in that 80% make good decisions rather than bad decisions. And that is really important, I think, for the sustainability of our, our, our country. Um, I don't think we should sit with wool over our eyes and think that we are unique in you know, in South Africa, though I do think our problems are exacerbated in terms of fraud and corruption and, and so on. But what we really want to do is make sure people think before they behave. And when thinking, they go through um, a process that takes them to making the right decision rather than making the wrong decision. I actually think that's the best answer I've heard from that respect. And, uh, and I, I thank you for your time. I think you guys are doing terrific work there, and, and your own CV is really impressive. I hope that you churn out a bunch of really reliable, ethical accountants for the future. We're going to need them in South Africa if we're going to get the country and the economy working properly. And thank you very much for being part of this show. Thanks, Gareth. Of course, we mustn't just focus on those are in the pipeline. We also have a lot of work that's taking place on uh, engaging with our members so that yes. they also up this approach. And I'm sure that will be the, the focus of another show. I think that's terrific. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gareth. Excellent stuff. Thank you. Mandy Urdefi from uh, Saika. And uh, really interesting insights there into why ethics has become such an important part of what accountants need to do in practice and in theory. Be Accountable, a progressive pathway to accounting excellence brought to you by Saika, the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants.